So um, let's pray first, and then I'll, I'll give some instructions, and then we'll, you know, let's pray. Let's ask God to bless this time. Uh, take, pay attention. If you're new to the church, this is an opportunity to evaluate the church. What do we believe? A lot of questions have been answered, but there are a lot of questions that have not been answered. So this is a good time to evaluate it for yourself and, um, or get to know the pastors better or, or even to encourage you to read your Bible, to learn and to answer questions. So let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful time. We, I enjoy I look forward to these, that we can, I believe, moments like this really strengthen the bonds of our family and uh, so that we can be walking in the light together. So bless this time. Give us wisdom to be able to answer things properly with no confusion. Help us, Lord, to see clearly. Help us to help this moment to be very edifying for everybody. It's something we won't as our last installment of this. So make us help us to make the most of this time to pick the right questions, not just any question, but to pick the questions that you particularly would like us to answer. And so we, we pray your blessing and your spirit guide each and every person. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. So first of all, who? Um, my, my name is um, Emmanuel, right? And, um, and you got uh, Ron. Um, so he's been pastoring Allentown Fellowship Church since 2020. And um, I've been pastoring this church since the, since the beginning of 2013. All right, so those are the, you know, he's up. We're looking to um, bring um, Ron in so he can pastor w with me. And then the church can also be incorporated. So that's kind of what we're doing. And we're just giving it, we're, we feel this is good. I hope, I hope that you feel that, um, that this is good also, that we can uh, include you. A lot of churches wouldn't include you. They would just do it. We don't want to be like that, right? We're family, amen? We want, we want, we want the family to be involved, right? All right, um, and then um, what's the next slide? Uh, 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 so we're, we're not going to, so we're pro providing a formal opportunity. So anyway, welcome. Ron, you know, he's, um, he was away preaching today, so I, we were praying for him that God would bless him. And, um, and um, you, anything you want to share? Anything? Good morning. Ooh. Whoa. You got the Barry Manilow. Serious, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like no, no, the um, song push, that makes Let's push this mic. <laughs> um, push it to the So uh, it's good to see all of you guys, um, praise God, and uh, again, I'm just, uh, I'm excited about what I believe God is doing. Um, as I've mentioned before, just praying from, from day one when we started um, Allentown Fellowship, I've always been praying, Lord, if there is a shepherd of light now, would you allow us to have him? Um, because it, it was, it's never about, it's not my church, it's not our church. Just finding someone who understands what ministry is about, what the church ought to be about, is, is incredible. So, like I said, I, I, I've been loving these questions just because you guys can hear our heartbeat. We've probably spent 15, 20 plus hours together talking just about, like, I, I've learned with Pastor Matt, it's like, okay, so, so we're going to meet at 9, eh, 9 to 10, okay, 9 to 12. 
Because we just keep talking, and it's like we just click. Right. Right? Yep. So yeah. I praise God for uh, what he's doing. So I'm looking forward to it. All right. We'll, we'll give um, – we're going to repeat the question because we're recording this, so it's important to repeat the question. So what we're going to do is um, – Leah, you ready with your talk? And then you guys can cross off the, 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 the question. So what we're going to do is um, you basically can go through that piece of paper that you got. Um, is it, does anyone not have a piece of paper? Uh, Leroy, um, can we give um, – Hey, kids, when do you mind, if you mind, give one to Leroy, if you don't mind. Right. You guys can share. Anybody else on this side? Anybody does not have a piece of paper? All right. And then you can look at the questions. Um, th the ones that are crossed out means that we've already answered them. So don't, for the sake of, you know, just moving forward, we're going to not repeat questions. And, um, and there are, but there are a lot of other questions that have not been answered. So look at them um, carefully and then... Um, and be asking the question and be ans as asking um, and you know, be listening to the, to the, to the answers, right? You can be learning. So, and so Abby, you're going to show the question here, and then we'll, we'll repeat the question, and then we'll answer them. Indicate who you, want the, who you want the question. Is it me? Is it Ron? Is it both? All right, so you got three options. All right. One, two, three. Go. Who's first? William. Okay, 59, how will you handle disagreements in small or large issues? Well, there will be none. <laughs> we, got, we, got, we eliminated that. <laughs> we eliminated that. <coughs> you know, yeah, all right, right. <laughs> uh, so I, I'll start. Let's take both of us. Um, Monique said something. Oh, that's right, we got to watch the screen. Monique said something about me years ago. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. But like when there's conflict, something to the standpoint, you don't run from conflict, you run into it. Remember that? You said that? I don't know what you're talking about. In other words, this is probably one of the biggest things that kind of grieves my heart among God's people, that we don't do this biblically. Um, there is a way to handle disagreements in small or large issues, and it starts with going to your brother, speaking the truth in love, hearing the other person's heartbeat and saying, let's, let's come up with a resolver here. Here's the other part that often is missing. Well, you're disagreeing, which means you're on two different pages, which means one of you are going to have to do what? Yield. <laughs> it's called humility. And so how are we going to handle it? One, by coming to Manny and saying, look, man, we've got to talk about this. I just don't agree with this situation. I don't, I don't think we should do this. Now, this is something that I come to him. I don't do that from the pulpit. Now, you know, like, man, I, hear, I don't know what he's thinking, y'all, but no, no, that causes division. So um, confront, go to him, speak the truth in love. Any decision or any disagreement that we have in leadership, hey, let's go back and pray about it again, man. Let's take some time and maybe, maybe add some fasting next time. Let's just... We come back, we're still on two different pages. At that point, have the humility to say, okay, let's go with what you want to do. So striving for the unity of the faith at all costs, that's my heartbeat when it comes to dealing with disagreements. Amen. Yeah, it's um, one of the things that we, we, we feel is important in any kind of relationship is love. 
one of the things I told them is like, at the end of the day, disagreements are constructive because sometimes it's just not the foundation of love. There was not investment of love. So one of the things that one of my approaches, let, let's be preemptive about if we love each other, love covers a multitude of disagreements. So I, ha, the, the method, I, I, I 100% agree with what Ron said, you know, go up to the person. I'm big into, if anybody, let's communicate. I mean, I, to me, that's huge. Communication is, you know, in marriage, communication. Just say it. Speak. Come on. You can work it out. There isn't anything that love cannot overcome. So, I, so you know, um, so I think, so to me, the, 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 the thing when I talked about, when I, when I, I'm not sure if I saw this, but it was like, we need to love each other. If we don't love each other, then disagreements are going to slip and they're going to slip. So the, to me, the challenge is not the, how we handle disagreements. Do we, are we going to grow sufficiently in love to each other? That we love each other. That I delight in you. That he delights in me. That's easier said than done. Let's be honest. But if there's that kind of love, I think there's going to be Because there'll be like, there, there really is no disagreement that can overcome the love between us. This is the same way with a marriage. Is there a disagreement that can overcome a love for Laura? No. And vice versa. No. So, so love, I think, is the love. And then also being up front. And, and also the vision. I mean, I've, I've been sitting down with them and said, hey, uh, we're going to go over the vision. Because I think a lot of times, if we could all agree on the vision, it's amazing how I have found that's been helpful for me when I'm, di I'm disagreeing with myself. I've got two options. The vision that God gives me oftentimes, not always, but answers the question. The thing that is most in line with what God is calling me to do now. So having a vision is helpful in disagreement because otherwise we, we go to our own preferences. But no, but the vision is something that God has given, right? And, that we, if we, and that's what we're, 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 we're going through this process, even us. Spending time, hey, always thinking about the house of prayer and expectation. There's things about hope that I hope to be a little distinct. They shouldn't be distinct, but they are sometimes because of that. So, so just stuff like that that I think that really investing in each other personally in a real way can in many ways, we should be best friends. You understand what I mean? We should be best. You know, I don't. I don't believe in like just uh, uh, an employee relationship. No, no, we're 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 brothers in Christ. So, so the love issue, the vision issue, I think helps to like. You know, you're right. You're right. You know what? God is calling us to do this. And I mean, perfect example would be. Um, oh, and I started. I mean, we have clothing galore. Clothing for boxes. I was like, oh, this is awesome. We're going to have a, a clothing pantry. And, mem and then the Lord was like, what, what are you doing? Um, not, not, now, not now. And I had to relinquish it. You know, focus on the future. Anyway, but yeah, so.
Is that, was that helpful? Okay. Um, Okay, what would you consider your strengths and weaknesses in ministry? Okay, you want to go first? Sure. Um, I'm not sure we, we talked about this, so, I, so I'll go first. My strengths and my weaknesses are the same. And that's the same with you, too. Your strengths are your, mo- are your liabilities, too. Does that make sense? So anyway, but so what are they? You know, um, I am visual. I see things. I'm different. <laughs> High in the sky, you know. <laughs> like, and I, I, I see it. It's like I could rejoice in it. It's like I'm experiencing it. I see vision. But I'm married to Laura. <laughs> and Laura says, right? No, no, but this is good. I'm, listen, yeah, go listen, listen yeah, up. Listening. This is good. Laura says, right? And Laura says, but we only have $2 in the bank account. Yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> so Laura keeps So vision is good, though, because without vision, people perish. Without vision, I would not be, what is it that guides me is the vision of God. I see things. I, I see the land. I see the promised land. So it drives me. It drives me. It's it just every day. I can't. I, it's not something that I, it's just there. I see it. Oh, but. Unfortunately, that becomes my weakness too. And it's like the ideal. You know, people who want the ideal. How many of you are perfectionists? I'm a perfectionist. Have you had to make adjustments? Right, you have to make adjustments. You have to say, well, ideally it would be like this, but the reality is that I only can work with. So that would be one. I mean, there are others I could point to. So I don't want you to think, oh, Emmanuel has this one week. No, I've got many. But I would, I would say, you know, in, with respect to ministry, it's vision, future, and reality. Sometimes I can lose sight of those two. Yeah, and I would definitely agree the strengths are kind of the weaknesses. Um, when it comes to ministry, you know, I love pouring into people, and particularly through the, the preaching that I do. And while that is a strength, and I believe a, a God-giftedness, it can become a weakness in knowing when, and I'm learning this after 25 years, like that person does not need to meet with me. They don't need to talk to me. And I, I wish I would have learned that lesson 
you know, 15 years ago. And I often think about the hours and the hours and the hours of time that just, they just wanted a venture recession. They had no real conviction they want to go any sooner. So I, I, I tend to keep giving people the benefit of the doubt. No, 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 they never had a hurricane. Recession's 280. Oh, no, they're going to get it back. They really seem sincere. Um, so it can become a weakness, right? You want to help, but, but you have to know. Yeah, I, I think about when Jesus cried to me, like, Lord, 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 Lord. And he says, stop calling me Lord. And you do nothing wrong. Like, like this is, right? So that that's a weakness. And then uh, the other thing, I'm, I love teaching. So that can end up, um, I can end up stressing others, right? You know, just coming from sharing the pulpit, you know, o over the last 25 years, I, I can't tell you how many different places I've spoken. And that's a good thing, but at the same time, you have to know when to say no, right? Um, so trying to balance that, and, and we've talked about that, how I'm in a stage of my life now where if God gives another 15 years of ministry, perhaps 20, that I have to start scaling back and becoming laser focused on, you know, you, you can't do it all anymore. You have to pick those things that are good for you. And that's hard, taking that out, because the needs are so big. All right, next one. <laughs> wow. Um, we'll come back to the kids, okay? We'll give the kids a second time to think. Give me, give me one, one second. Kids. We're not going to overlook you, okay? All right, Arthur. 47. How important do you think it is for people to live in the community in which their church is among the people in their parish? Yeah, I think it's important. Okay, I think it's important to have. And the question is, um, what, what's what's the what's the range we're looking at? I live 15, 20 minutes away. In some ways, I wish I was closer, and uh, but I, I still feel like um, it doesn't hinder my integrity. So I make an effort. I compensate the effort by being here a lot. So the question is now, if, if I was living an hour away, then yeah, that becomes, you know, obviously you can maybe compensate that by, by but then the compensation becomes. But I think it is important to live within a certain distance of yourself so that you can be Yeah, this is a great question because I tell you a little bit of Monique and I's journey. When we knew we were coming to Allentown, we started looking for a house in Allentown. Um, and everything was just closed door, closed door, closed door, closed door. Hmm. And so I remember, and we've had this time, I, I, we, we've talked about this a little bit, but it's another pastor that, that I greatly respect, and he was just saying, hey, how are things going? And said, oh, I'm having a hard time trying to, trying to find a place. And, you know, the mar and, and Because this was my conviction. Like, we need to live next door to the people you're ministering to. And then he made this comment to me. He said, Ron, at the end of the day, I think people are going to be more concerned about relationship than where you live. And I, it just, I never thought about it that way, right? Now, there's some practical implications still. Like if you're traveling an hour to get here, now you're probably going to be limited in the things that, that you do just because of time and so forth. But that, that really 
I had never thought about it that way. It's more of being in the lives of people necessarily than where you go to make work. Um, so I, I, but I do think, you know, how important is it for people to live in the community? I think what's what's more important as far as living in the actual community is that you're in the lives of people. If that makes sense. Um, so. Leroy, that, that's your first question, right? That was your, this is your first question. I don't think you meant to. Go ahead. Okay. What is your understanding of the role of spiritual gifts in the church? So the Bible. Bible clearly teaches that the spiritual gifts are given to the church in order to edify, comfort, and exhort one another. So, so within the context of the local church, I do believe God has given everyone a spiritual gift or maybe multiple spiritual gifts to accomplish that. Ephesians talks about 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. Talk about the gifts, diverse gifts being given for the edification of the body. Um, I do not believe that, that it's just uniquely given to a handful of people. Uh, the gifts are different. Um, the, the roles of those gifts are different. But at the end of the day, every true believer has been gifted with some spiritual gift for the purpose of using it within the context of the local body to build up and edify the church. Amen. I mean, if you can't, you know, I agree 100%. Spiritual gifts are continuing. Um, uh, God wants us to be active and, first of all, know what the gifts are, right? It's, there's, there's clear things in the Bible that we can, and then come prepared and, and ask God to enable to, to grow in, in those gifts. And some people are. Some people don't know what they are. What they what those roles are that they have particularly, and that's fine. But seek, pursue. The Bible says, pursue those gifts. Pursue them. I think a lot of people don't pursue them. They just think it's just going to happen. But you need faith to pursue them, and and the ultimate goal is the edification of the body of Christ, and that God may be glorified. So, yeah, we do believe that. Um, the spiritual should be flowing more in the church. I believe, you know, words of encouragement as the Spirit leads you, not just orderly. But I believe God wants to encourage us one to another. I think that that's that's just the way the New Testament church is. But so one hundred percent, the gifts are in operation, and um, and we need to walk out in faith and take risks. When the Lord puts something in your heart to share with a brother or sister. Step out. A lot of people are fearful. I don't want to say, 
hinder the, the, the Holy Spirit. So, but we do believe in everything. We believe in tongues, prophecy, um, word of, you know, word of knowledge. We believe in that. Done in an orderly fashion. I believe that all those gifts are do think that it requires a healthy church, loving one another. Unity is so important. You know, so we have to be united. We want to see God moving in greater freedom in the Holy Spirit. We want to be, he doesn't just pour his spirit on, on, on a body that does not care for each other. So it's important. So. I think it's oftentimes self-evident to others and not to the person. <laughs> but it, it's usually, and the reason why God does that is because of love for each other. So I could tell better, you could tell better than I can. And there's an interdependency. So I think, you know, um, people can say, I mean, if you were to write, I, it's interesting, if you do an exercise, if we were to do an exercise and write something that stands out most for everybody, everybody does it for everybody, you, you're gonna, you, it's a very interesting exercise. You'll be like, everybody will say the same thing about you. Everybody will say the same thing about Alexander. It's just, it, it just comes, it's self-evident to everybody else, you know. But the Lord at the same time, you know, there's, the, how can I say this? You know, it's like the idea that if you become too conscious of your gift, that could be a problem. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know. Yeah, I, I know there's things out there like the disc test and all these different things that a lot of churches use, right? Like take this, figure out what your spiritual right. gift is. I, I'm not real big on questionnaires like that. Amen. I, I'm, they have their their benefit. I really believe a, a lot of believers struggle with what their gift and their spirit is because this is back to what uh, Pastor Manuel was saying. The body's not tight. The body's not close. The body's not praying together, fellowshipping together, like doing life together, right? And because I think it's within that local Amen. body that, hey, man, you know what? You would be really good at, you seem to have, but but if we're all segmented and we, deal, you know, we just come together here or worship for a couple hours, we never have any interaction beyond that, where do you have time to, to really be able to see and interact with one another relationally to help affirm what a gift is or isn't. So, and I think that's why some of these other things come into play. Well, let's take an assessment test, right? People have taken those tests and they come back with a gift and they come back and say, Pastor Ron, I think this is my gift. And I'm like, no, 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 Like you are like, no, that's the problem with, right? What is the local body seeing in you? Next question, Alexander. 17. Your understanding, what is your understanding of the doctrines of grace? Uh, wow. Let me give you a short answer. So what are the doctrines of grace? What, when it comes to grace, grace is all of God. Okay. Grace is all of God. My 
salvation is because of God's grace. My faith in God, my eyes being opened that I might see my need for salvation is of God. It all emanates from his sovereignty. And so whereas there is still my will, my choice, that choice will only go as far as God's grace. <laughs> if that makes sense. Might sound a little count counterintuitive. Um, here's the example uh, I love to use. When Peter gave his sermon and he's preaching to this crowd, he says, you crucified the Lord Jesus Christ. But then he goes on in the sermon and says, but it was predetermined by God. <laughs> so you would think at that point, maybe they could say, well, wait, not our fault. Nope, because the rest of the sermon goes on to say, therefore, repent. <laughs> I think that's the perfect example of God's grace, sovereignty of God, the will of man, and the role of God. Sorry, 20. How would you understand the biblical doctrine of election and predestination? Kind of feeds into that, right? Um, let me tell you, one, what I think the problem is when you get into this conversation with, with election and predestination. As theologians, we tend to try to understand the process rather than just believe what God says. And that serves the people doing dissertations and writing books. Okay? Can I come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ in and of myself? Absolutely not. Ephesians says, I am dead on arrival spiritually. No man should trust his own works. In God's sovereignty has God chosen whom he will bring to himself absolutely does that have anything to do with me in God's kingdom I would say absolutely not that's God's sovereignty so Jesus says all that the father has given me now, now notice how he says it all that the father has given me will come to me. They've already been given. But now they have to come. You see, election interacting with free will of man. So, I, I, again, this is, w w we could talk a lot on this. Um, it's all of God, through his grace, electing me before the foundation of the world. But then how do I experience that election? How, how does that become evident in my life? I go back to Peter's sermon. Repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that thou might be saved. Is that just enough? Okay. I'll, I'll just add, I, one thing that was helpful for me to understand the distinction between election and predestination. So election is God's choice. So election would be Getting on the train. I think I heard somebody say this. I like saying this, but I don't know who I heard it from. 
Election is like getting on a train. Predestination is where you're going. Okay, so it's very helpful. One is God's choice of us in eternity, but that's not enough. God has a destination for your life already predetermined. Does that make sense? So one thing is to be chosen, praise God, step one, but, but that's not, I like, I like, that's why I think that, uh, it's good to understand the difference between, okay, God chooses, like Vaughn was saying, but where are we going? Once, once we've chosen, where, where are we going? The Bible answers that question, too. And what does the Bible say? Where are we going? Romans 8. Whom he called, he also, right, to be conformed to the image of the Son. That's distinct from election, right? So always, think, always keep in mind, praise God, I'm chosen, but be careful. He has a destination for me. To be conformed. Because a lot of people say, I'm chosen. And they live like the devil. No. Both go together. Election and predestination. So we're chosen by God from the very beginning. But we're going somewhere. We're being conformed to the image of the Son. Just a a distinction that's helpful to keep. All right. Let's let's get one of the kids and then we'll come back to say One one of the kids. So let's... um, you guys have more people say that? <laughs> I, I got to figure out. Okay. There's Jose. Uh, Jose, I, 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 Jose and I had a good Bible class for several weeks, and he did great. So let me see. What's your question? 74? Yes, sir. So, Ron, how does your congregation feel about merging? What are they excited about? What are their concerns? So who wants to start? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, but I'm delegating the answers. You can hear right from them. A- anybody? Seriously. A- an- anybody? Go- Will? <laughs> I don't want to speak for them. I, I, okay. I, I'll go, go ahead. Agreements, how to deal with disagreements.
Okay, no, I appreciate that. Um, anybody else from the AFC want to give your comments? 30 seconds, 10 seconds? Like, uh, how do you guys honestly feel? I'd rather you hear from them, right? Because I, I, cause yeah, they're all for it, right? And they're they protesting that night, the <laughs> ticket trips. Like, don't do this. <laughs> but um, <coughs> I, I really do believe that everybody's on board. Everybody's excited about it. Um, like I said, when we first came, I mean, Ron said it, right? It, it's always been about reaching people. It's always, right? And then here's people over here who are already doing it. Um, so it just seems like it's natural. But how many minutes? <laughs> I know somebody's thinking it. <laughs> See, I told you, I felt it. I think I have the gift <laughs> of uh, discernment. I knew somebody wanted. I want to hear from his wife. Should I bring you the mic?
guys good? Answer a question. Okay. All right. Let's keep moving. Then. All right. Let's um, get um, Shay. We're gonna go Shay, and then we'll go to the kids. Okay. Any other um? What was that? Right. So we'll we'll come back to them. But I think Shay has a question. What, what what number is that? Nineteen. What does it mean to be born again? To be born again is coming to a place in your life where you understand that you are lost spiritually, separated from God, and that the only Trusting in his death on the cross and his resurrection for your forgiveness. When a man or a woman repents of their sin and says, God, I trust in Christ. I ask for your salvation through Christ. That person immediately is born again, fully clear and wise on the inside. Mr. Nick? Yeah. I mean, basically, I'll, 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 I'll keep it technical. It's the moment the Holy Spirit births. Do, do you, um, when you were born, did you birth yourself? <laughs> so, um, so it's the moment when the Spirit of God does a tremendous work where you come to life in Jesus Christ by way of repentance. How a person is saved. I, I need to know that. What is your understanding of how a person is saved? Um, the repent and believe the gospel. Right. So, so there's the side of right. So, so the question of how has two branches. The question is, how does God save us, and how, how do we enter into that? Right. So, so on the one hand, a person is saved by grace alone. So the how. Is God's grace. You cannot save yourself. However, having said that, um, there's a means by which, right, this is where the, we can technically say this is the how part, by repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. So God, but, but the, the, the work of salvation begins with God. Right, that's something that um, God does. He, uh, salvation is of the Lord, so he but in that work of God, um, there are things there that happen in us. We believe, we repent, and believe the gospel. So if a person says, "Well, I'm saved," but they have not repented of their sin and they have put no trust in Jesus Christ, you can question their salvation because everyone that is saved, right, repents and believes the gospel. Everyone, there's no exception. So you can't separate them. So God's work, but when God works in us, there's an evidence of that work in repentance and faith. And people, talk is cheap, right? People say, I'm saved. How many times I, I go knock on the door, hello, how you doing? 
he has six marijuana blunts. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have it. <laughs> I'm like, no, probably, no, you're not. <laughs> it's like, but everybody thinks they're going to heaven. Everybody, so, no, but we have to take, that's a serious question. God must save us. And in the evidence of that, the evidence, undeniable evidence is repentance of sin. If there's no repentance, they live like the devil. You know, maybe God is working. You know, we can't just throw them away. And, you know, but we could say, well, I'm not sure if they've gotten to that point of being born again. Okay, let, let me add on that equation, repentant. How, how did you say that? Repentance and faith. Repentance and faith. How do you know that repentance and faith is true? Fruit. Your life is going to change. Your life is going to change. Overnight? Absolutely not. I tell the teens all the time, I got saved back in high school, 10th grade. I don't know what day of the week it was, Tuesday, Wednesday, but Friday, I was doing the same stuff I was doing before I got saved. But all of a sudden, something was different, right? Because the Holy God says, I am going to change you. You are going to start desiring my son. And, and so that, that fruit is evidence. It's not just lip service. It, it'll come out. My desires started to my desires, my heart, my affections, the things I was going after that was bringing me happiness and joy, all of a sudden, I had this strange hunger for righteousness. Not religion, but I just, God, I want to know you more. I want to understand you more. Uh, it's just a simple desire to want to know him. And the Bible says, Ron, that ain't coming from you, because you dead on arrival spiritually. God puts that in you. So where God says, it is God that has given you the desire to even want to know him. That's what began to change me, and that just led to me growing in my faith and learning more about God. All right, well, well the girls, um, okay, Kelly, you asked a question last night. You, you asked a question last night? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll give um, Chloe. What is your take on God's <laughs> discipline? <laughs> that. Bernie Mac. Beat them until they're weak. No. <clears throat> okay. uh, I'll, I'll give you a short take on it. I've never had to discipline my kids. <laughs> All right. Nobody believes that. Okay. <laughs> the Bible talks about discipline, right? Uh, train up a child in the way he or she should go, right? Really, that word train means discipline, right? Don't you spare the rod, you spoil the child. I know there's a whole big debate on corporate punishment. Should you spank, should you not? I'm not going to get into that debate. What I, is I will. I'll let you answer your child. That. So oh, spank so him. We <laughs> Please spank him. <laughs> Can we make that clear? Spank your child. <laughs> no, I. Okay. I, I, <laughs> so, so I was spanked growing up, and we spanked our kids growing up. I forget what age. I well, I did a little bit. <laughs> mom, mom didn't. Um, but the point is this: whatever the action you take, you're trying to change not just the behavior. And I think this is where parents fail. You're trying to change the heart. So sit down on time out. What, what has that really been? Can I get up now? Wait, has it been two minutes? Okay, go. You never even talk to him about what he did. 
you never made him deal with the hard issues, right? Discipline is not just an action for the sake of an action to say I discipline someone. It's about a heart change. And when it comes to our children, okay, God has blessed us with five children, five different temperaments, different personalities. So I don't believe you can discipline each child the same way. So, you, again, it takes God's wisdom. But my take on child discipline is I look at discipline as child heart change. What do I need to do to get that kid's heart to be ministered to, right? And it doesn't mean that that behavior is necessarily going to change. One of the things I see parents do, absolutely disagree with it. Uh, two siblings are fighting. What? Don't do that. I told you not. No. Go apologize. Sorry. Can I go outside? All right. Go outside. What was that? What was that? You really think that child was sorry? No, they weren't. They just wanted to go outside. Okay? I mean, one time, one of these guys, I won't name their name, but they were younger, and they did something, you know, they, you know, and I was like, no, you are not going outside now. And then I said, just go back up to your room. We went back up to the room. They came back down. And he said, I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have done X, Y, and Z to the sibling. And I said, okay, do you really believe that? Yes. Do you really believe that? Yeah. Okay, go back up to your room. But I said I was sorry. See, that person, no, that wasn't true repentance. True repentance is like this. Hands up, I get whatever consequence comes. So discipline has to penetrate to the heart. It's not just about external behavior because all the behavior is coming out of the heart. That's what Jesus said, right? The issues flow out of the heart. So that's my take on that. Is that for both of us? Well, I'm not going to answer, but, but, you know, just to let, you know, some of you, like, I I want to encourage you to, you know, just – as Ron comes, he, he brings a wonderful wealth of counseling that for parents and kids. And I just want you to take advantage of that. You know, he has already counseling sessions on Zoom because he, you know, he's really wise. And that's the only thing why I spoke to him for like two or three years and, and his experience with the counseling is very, very good. So take advantage of that. He, he's really giving you some wisdom. But don't, we don't have to belabor the whole topic. Yes. Uh, well, let's continue the question, if you don't mind, because uh, we're almost running out of time, 109. Oh, we'll see. go ahead. Okay. Right. Right. Okay, very good. Right, right, right. You, you, yeah, you didn't take him in. Amazed. It's amazing how many parents. I tell, I, my, the Lord made it very clear. I'm responsible for my own kids. And sometimes you have to say, no, in my house, I'm the king of this castle. And the nice thing about it, that's why it's important to have a man in the house because men rule just the way God made them. They rule. And when there's no man in the house, sometimes, you know, you know, you have to, you know, so these, these, are, these are tough questions, tough questions that, that you, have to, you have to figure out, like, and, and I think that um, Carolyn, you know, but but it's like no, and, and we had our issues with our daughter. So I'm not talking to you out of book. We had issues, but thank God, you know, she visits us today. She, you know, we have a loving relationship, but it was not easy. But you know, just to just to, a lot of things I think that I, I see culturally. We we need to have parenting seminars and really how how to parent. That, that's a burden in my heart, and he ha- he comes with that burden too. To learn how to parent and love in that way, kids will drive you crazy, and and but they become a, a, a something to society that right. So and then I understand, and then a single 
a single mom. I have so much respect for single moms. I have so much respect because it's hard to have to deal with these kids and, and the mom, right? So, so these we all in this together. So we want to help. And that's why I told Charlene. Charlene, like you tell us, we're we're there. The single moms, so many, many of you are. So we're gonna work this as a commit as a family. We're a family. Amen. That's why I think men. I've been praying for men. You know, uh, the Lord raised up men. So we, there's so many kids that don't have fathers. Just to be there, to be right there. You know, we're not going to replace the biological father. We can't do that. But to support these guys, boys and girls that have no fathers. But yeah, so so child stuff is very precious. Hopefully, we'll we'll. A um, couple more questions, then we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna. But I want to get from the from adults now. So, um, Charlene. Let's pick one because uh, <laughs> let's pick one. Oh, I said, Nate, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I want to give uh, Pete some time. What is yeah? What number is it? Thirty-one. What is your belief when someone dies? <coughs> well, one, I believe we all live forever. Just a matter of where. I believe when a believer dies. Bible teaches to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So his spirit, her spirit, they are immediately with Christ. I really haven't studied out so where does the non-believing spirit go? I don't know. Um, but that spirit is still in existence, I believe. I don't believe in annihilation. So that spirit is existing. I do not believe in the presence of God if they're non-believing. But so where are they? Right? Are they literally in hell at that point? Or are they in Seoul? Or are they I don't know. I haven't studied that out. Um, so we all live forever. Now, when the consummation of time comes, when Christ comes back and sets up his kingdom, new heavens, new earth, the whole, our spirits will be given brand new bodies. First Corinthians 15. We're going to have new bodies. Paul said, I can't wait to drop off this incorruptible flesh, put on incorruptible flesh and forever we will be changed so the the end of the road for us is not floating around inside you know playing harps and eating bonbons the believers ultimate destination is on a new earth I believe, ruling and reigning with jesus christ and this is why i believe and, and we don't talk about this enough but that go back to the garden i believe it's paradise restored. So we're going to still be working. <laughs> we're going to still be creating things, enjoying life, food. Absolutely. Right. It, it's not like we're in this just eternal bliss. No, we're going to recognize one another. But life is going to be with the removal of the curse of sin. That's the believer's ultimate destination. Where the unbeliever's ultimate destination is eternal separation from God. Just we have not spoken about this, but for the record, yeah, I believe that we, when a person dies, um, we either go um, to be with the Lord, or uh, I'm, I, based on Luke 16, you go to hell, or your conscience, your so 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 you your conscience. So you ne you never lose consciousness. You either conscious with the Lord in heaven, 
You know, Moses and Elijah appear to Jesus on the, right, on the Mount of Transfiguration. They're talking to Jesus. They're alive. Jesus himself says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm the God of the living, not the dead. So, so people are alive right now in heaven, but there are also people conscious in hell um, that, that were not, that, that their souls were lost and didn't turn to the Lord. So, so yeah, so it's a continuation. You're alive. Your question is correct. All right, let's go. Let's move on. Uh, one, Sarah. Fifty-four. What is the vision and mission of hope? <laughs> That's a good one. I've been trying to get him to tell me. <laughs> <coughs> Do I have to like actually say the words? What? No, I just explain it. Uh, I believe the, the vision and mission of hope, as I understand it, is first and foremost that this would be a house of prayer. That 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 as this body comes together in serious prayer, out of that emanates everything else. The love for one another as a family, the use of the gifts, the discipleship making, everything. But first and foremost, prayer, like heartfelt prayer. Um, that they might be able to leave this place and then proclaim Jesus Christ, exalt the name of Jesus Christ. But it, but it's all, if you kind of think about the vine and the branches, right? That that vine, before you do anything, it's like you guys are steeped in prayer. Let's be a people who are crying out to God, asking for God's presence to be here, for God to fill this place. Then you go out and you start to do mission and the outreach is and all the other things like that. So that's my that's my vision. Good. Um, one more. Giancarlo. <laughs> He's a little little champ. Thirty-three. Okay. No. <laughs> what <laughs> is liberalism, <laughs> and what is your opinion? Me- about mental disorder. That's <laughs> <laughs> your favorite. Liberalism and mental disorder. <laughs> is that the right one? Is that the right one? Okay. okay. Do you know what liberalism is? <laughs> <laughs> is that why you ask him? Uh, who's that question for? Who you want to answer? Pastor Emmanuel? All right. Liberalism is a mental disorder. <laughs> wow. We could discuss that later. <laughs> but um, um, actually, you know, liberalism, yeah, I don't, I don't want get, to get too much into it, but, but it is a po- political frame of mind that is uh, unfortunately changed from traditional liberalism. Traditional liberalism is actually not a bad you know, it's not necessarily bad, but the, what the new form of liberalism that we're seeing in our country is just destroying us. And so that's my thing. One last one. One last one. Um, Kelly. Is that on the piece of paper? 
We'll be, we'll be the judges. <laughs> How do you handle rebuking church members? Like if they're like in sin or like like church discipline? Like How do you handle church? Church, it sounds like that's what you're after. All right, well, I think God is real clear in Matthew how, how to handle church discipline. Uh, if there is a church member that is in ongoing sin, and I think that's the key, ongoing sin, they're not willing to repent of that, whatever it is that they're doing. The Bible gives these steps that, that we're to follow. First and foremost, I'm to come to you and just, hey, I'm telling you, you're eating 12 pounds of popcorn every night. It's wrong. You're sick to your body. Your blood pressure. That, nope. I can't ever tell that dude to tell me. Okay. I pray for you. I leave time for you to repent. They're still not repenting. Now I bring somebody with me. Oh, man, you're such a liar, man. You're such a liar. Man, hey, you got to stop your popcorn. No. No. I don't, right? But even still, when we leave, we still give you time. We check back in with you. Now at this point, again, you don't want to change. Now the Bible says to bring it before the church. You're still not disciplined out of the church yet. Okay? God is giving these steps for an opportunity for repentance. So now we come before you and say, listen, I've gone to Kelly. She said no. Took Pastor Mens. She said no. Now we're coming to you, brothers and sisters in Christ, so that you all can be now praying for us. And we wait. How much time? There's no protocol how much time. The point is, we're trying to see where's your heart. Is your heart hardened or is, is the conviction starting to get to you? And now at that point, you still don't repent. Now that person is disciplined out of the church. So that's the process. The intent of church discipline, and this is where some churches get it wrong, the intent is not to discipline. It's restoration. So you'll hear people, they'll discipline them out. And I'll say, so pastor, did you ever follow up with that guy? No, we disciplined him out. You never followed up to check on him to see where he is? Right? That's still, if that's a true believer, that's one of God's children. We have to go and pursue after him. So. Yeah, perfect. I, I will not add to that. Uh, churches is hard, especially in our day and age. Um, we're very um, thin-skinned in our generation. A lot of churches have decided not to do church discipline because they're afraid of the consequences. If someone's a big donor to the church, um, they'll, 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 they'll say, well, well, we'll just sweep it under the rug. So church discipline is it's important, um, but it's hard, especially in our, in our culture. People don't take correction very well. And so you need wisdom, too, because you have to – we're going to do what's right, but, but we need wisdom to be able to do it in a way with a view towards restoration. So the people don't like to be corrected. But we have to, uh, we have to be, make sure that church discipline is not an option. It's the way God has put that for the purity of the church. Right? Um, so be praying. That's why we should be praying for the pastors, for everyone, each other. We, wanna, we, wa- we don't want people lit serving in the ministry who are living hypocritical lives, two lives, right? Not perfect, 
We're not asking people to be perfect. But it's one thing to be walking in open, flaunted rebellion against God. And then they're coming here serving communion. And we don't want that. Pe- preaching. I mean, playing the drums, right? No, we, we want integrity. Yep. <laughs> play, play, use the drums. <laughs> right now I'm playing the drums. <laughs> right? But, um, you know, we had one guy one time. He wanted to play drums. He had a bottle of whiskey in, <laughs> in his jacket. I was I like, no, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> But 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 the idea the idea is that you got to help us. So if you know a person you know is doing something, don't dox. But if they have responsibility, it's your responsibility to guard over the church. Please, hey, by the way, did you know that this person really needs to be deleted from the community? I'm looking for the sake of the testimony, God's name. We've got we must not take God's name in vain. That's actually one of the commandments. Don't take his name in vain. So that's why we, as leaders and pastors, right, we, we everywhere we go, you, we bear the weight of God's name wherever we go. I can't say, slip out. I got to be careful everywhere I go because God's name is at stake. So, but you too also. Not just us, but you too. You can't be arguing, cursing, boom, boom, right? You gotta be like, well, no, I'm, I'm, I belong to him, and wherever I go, the testimony goes with me. So, so yeah. So as a church, we should be praying, God, keep us. We, we, we've tried. I haven't done a perfect job. I try to make sure that we don't grab anybody. Um, find out backgrounds. One of the things that we like to do, if a person's coming from another church, we don't do it always, but we try. I think it's a good thing. Hey, where do you come? What church? Hey, um. Can we get a, a reference letter from the pastor? You know, do you want someone coming in that just divided three churches and they come in with their big Bible, praise the Lord? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so, right? We want to like, we want to like, hello, where do you come from? Okay, this is person, this person is, is divides churches, right? So we have to be wise. Now, do I do this all the time? No, but I've done it. I've done it with friends. I've done it with my parents. So you've done it, especially with working with kids. So all of this stuff, we all are in this together. So it's not just us, it's all of us. You help me. And we're not looking for perfection. So let's not be looking for, you know, oh, I can't believe they did that. You know, so what, 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 it's okay. There could be things that's like, it's, it's okay. It's all right. It's, you know, oh, I saw them with a glass of wine. It's okay. It's fine. Red or white. <laughs> Blue. <laughs> you know, but if they get drunk and you're seeing them disorderly, you know, okay, maybe it's okay, you know. You go to them. You don't have to even tell us. So, yeah, so church discipline is, is a very important question. It's a good question, Kevin. Thanks, Carl. Let me just add on, real, on the bottom of that real quick, is that I, I think there would be less church discipline issues if we were transparent. Because the discipline issues that I've been involved with in churches, whatever that sin was, the congregation didn't even know about the previous struggles leading up. And you, you could blame the person, you could blame the co- co- what my point is, if you could just be transparent with one another, right? I don't believe somebody gets up and says, today is the day I am going to sin and allow this sin to become a vice in my life. I don't believe it works like that, right? So if in a prayer meeting, someone says, oh, I've really been tempted to sin. Really? Would you, I, 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 I,
offering you something to take. It's legal. Would you guys pray? How many of us feel feel comfortable saying that today? We ought to be. We're the family of God. And because that's not in place, we're all trying to wear the mask. How you doing? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. No, you're not. You're struggling. Put it on the table so we can pray for you. Right? Before you get into something that now you end up getting divorced. Very good, very good. So, anyway, so yeah, let's be transparent, you know. Um, let's, but that takes, when we are transparent, um, it requires relationship, the equity of relationship. I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest, you know, like, you know, that's why I think family, it, you know, I remember promise keepers. Remember promise keepers? Remember promise keepers? Promise keepers became like a problem. Why did it become a problem? Because you had a bunch of men that didn't know each other. Hey, bro, um, I'm struggling with this, but they didn't know each other. So in the fact that they didn't know each other, then th- they would say it to so-and-so, and then they would say it to so-and-so, and then the person, it hurt, they f- found out, and the person got hurt because I shared it. But God does not want sharing things with strangers. He wants you sharing things with each other that you love each other. So, 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 I, say, so I, always, I always tell people, there was a movement, right, in the 90s, accountability, accountability, accountability. But accountability in relationships. To the right person, you, you, you don't just go to, to a stranger, hey, I've got kidney issues. They just came out of Wawa. It was like, <laughs> it was like I'm like, whatever, you know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like, right? It's like, right? So, so the idea that that's why relationship is so important, right? That's why when, when we get together, but if we are walking relationships, let's be transparent. That's why I, I'm glad. Lord gave me cancer, allowed me to go through cancer. And I love the fact that I was vulnerable. Hey, tough day. The Lord's been good. Right? You, you, you're vulnerable. Your fears, right? Your things and that. Let, let, let's, let's walk in love and let's, let's um, cultivate it and, and just be honest with it. So let's stand and then um, we're going to pray. But before we do, stand. I mean, you guys <laughs> You guys got all like, I don't want to suspend my standing. What do you have to say? Um, we want to just um, celebrate today. 28 años de matrimonio. 28 años. Twenty-eight years. Ron and Monique. All right. <laughs> You know, um, congratulations, you know. <laughs> so I, I was excited because between, between both of us, we almost like lost 60 years. <laughs> 60 years of marriage. It's, a, it's, great, it's great to have someone else, you know, you know just uh, but it's in one, 28 years. That's wonderful, amen? God's been good. And so um, I'm, I'm lo- looking to celebrate um, number, what, 50, 56, right? 56 years would be double to 28, right? Yeah. You know, so um, anyway, just wanted to, you know, just um, we're going to pray for them. We're going to pray God's blessing on them. Uh, I think they're also getting away. Oh, it's very nice. Yeah, that's uh, very nice. And we're going to be away this week, so um, enjoy this week. You know, um, if you have any questions, you could keep asking questions. Just send it to me by email. If you're not in our email address, you could give us, write down your email somewhere. Uh, text me your email. Um, we do send out email, emails every week just updating people. We have a community of like 150 people that we send it out. 
But, you know, you can add yourself. I'll add it to that email, and I'll, give it, I'll send it out to you. So keep praying. Don't forget next week, Ron will be preaching. And then the week after that, we'll do congregational voting. So looking forward to that, all right? So, Wendy, but let's pray. And uh, thank you for your patience. I, I'm really grateful. It was long, but, but we think it's worth it to be able to spend quality time. And like I said, we're, all, we're both available. And let's keep praying and, and keep asking questions. So let's, let's ask God's blessing. Lord, we thank you, Father, for this wonderful time together that we can just discuss. And these are the moments, Lord, that we just we are able to answer questions and reveal the things in our heart. And, and we're grateful for these folks here that have shown such a, a wonderful desire to be patient, to walk through this, and to walk together. I pray you continue to bless, Lord, our, our, these efforts. We, we love you. We're grateful for your mercy to us, and we pray that you would bless everyone, Lord, um, in all that has been said. And I Lord, specifically want to pray for Ron and Monique, and we just celebrate with them. What a wonderful thing that is, Lord, that you, and especially in this day and age, we, we know it's not easy, but you have sustained them, and, and that's a testimony of your grace, a testimony of your faithfulness to them, and that you're able to bless them and keep them, Lord, in the, through the midst of all. And I just pray you could bless them and just fill them with joy, fill them with peace, increase their love for one another. And so thank you for, for their lives. Thank you for their example. I pray that this week they would just find such rest this week, Lord, in you and in each other. And so thank you for their lives. Thank you that, Lord, it pleased you, Lord, to, to bring us together. And, and, Lord, so thank you so much for this moment. Lord, I pray your blessing on everyone as they go home. May they be filled with the fruits of righteousness. And Lord, there's so much to be said, so much that, can, that we want to do. And we're so excited that we're together to do it together, Lord. And so thank you so much, Lord, for all that you have, you're doing. Thank you for the children that came out today. May they feel a part of this family. We love them. We've missed them. And we're so looking forward to having them in our midst, Lord, every week. And so continue to expand this work. Continue to raise up laborers, God, those who would really faithfully, Lord, uphold the vision of this church and walk out with us in mission, Lord, to see the light of Jesus Christ in this community. So thank you so much for all that you're doing. We ask all this in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. amen. And don't forget to, if, uh, don't forget to get, take your letters to your rich uncle, right? <laughs> your bosses and um, supervisors and just um, let's, let's get some book bags.